Welcome, everybody. It's the Pragmatic Product Chat Series. It is brought to you by the Pragmatic Alumni Community, uh, where these types of great conversations with practitioners and sort of in-depth discussions happen every day. Uh, so if you have not checked that out, please do so, pragmaticinstitute.com slash community. But today, Today, I'm very pleased to have with us Div Manicum, who I had the pleasure of having on the podcast before. She is a great, highly recognized product marketing influencer. She's got a ton of experience uh, in a variety of different tech companies. She's got a master's in cybersecurity, and she's just really, really passionate about building and marketing great products. So welcome, Div. Thank you, Rebecca, and thank you for the warm introduction. It's uh, very exciting to see um, so many folks on Zoom video. So if you guys are uh, want to be part of this webinar and consider it more as a brainstorm and a discussion more than a webinar, um, uh, the choice is yours. So we'll kick it off. And uh, what we would like this webinar to be is webinar reimagined, if you will. So let's talk about the buyer journey. We live in a world today where there are all these rules and policies and sometimes they define us, sometimes they don't. And they tell us what we can do and cannot do. And what if we went into a world where there were no boundaries or limits? And so I would like to talk to you about an experience sans limits. This is where we can be true to ourselves. We can be true to our customers, our buyers, and actually show that we understand each other, that we have empathy towards each other. And it's a whole new world that I've been uncovering myself. So I'd love to share my learnings and also learn from each of you what you have been seeing in the past um, couple of months. A lot has happened, right? Like, I think the world has turned upside down, but we are all here. Um, and I just wanna thank each one of you for joining. Today, we'll be talking about some of our daily experiences as product marketers, as product managers that we encounter, whether it's experiences from the website to content to email to a webinar like this itself and um, presentation and so on and so forth. So let's dive right in. So first and foremost, um, as Rebecca mentioned, I am um, a product marketer for over 10 years and I've been fortunate to have two guiding principles that drive me in my career. And I've also been fortunate to lead and empower a mindful and high-performing team. So the first and foremost is continuous learning. And for me, I think education holds the, the foundation for everything. So I've, there's a quote that I read where the world is a book and um, you need to be able to kind of understand different perspectives to get to where you're going. And the second part of me is the winning together. So for me, from my career at Panasonic all the way to my career in Boomi, I've been very fortunate to have teams and have coworkers and colleagues where we are all working together and trying to figure out what we need to do next and how do we adapt and keep changing with the environment that's changing in front of us. And in the past year, I also was fortunate to be recognized by my university, Cal State East Bay. So if there are any Cal State East Bay folks out there, um, I'm a true pioneer. Um, I have been fortunate to contribute on the Forbes Communications Council and also got recognized by the Product Marketing Alliance as a top um, product marketing influencer. But other than that, um, that's just two thirds of my life, I think. A big one third of my life is travel and I love to travel. Um, I've been fortunate to visit over 30 countries 
I know travel has been a little difficult these past couple of months, but I think I've tried to figure out what travel means for me. Um, I lived in San Francisco Bay Area for 10 years and I just moved to Raleigh, North Carolina. So if there are folks on the West Coast and if there are folks on the East Coast, um, I'm learning both sides. And so I would love to kind of uh, chat and learn more from you as well. So let's actually dive in and get to know each other a little bit. I know we have, I believe we have over 89 folks on the call. Let's talk about um, where are you all coming from? Since we are in a global network, uh, if you would like to chime in your city or state, feel free to add that into the chat window. If there is a specific industry that you're focused on, feel free to add that in the chat too. And then you also see a poll up on the screen to know what your company's focus is. Are you B2B, B2C, B2B2C? Or what's your professional focus? Are you product marketing, product management, or other? Because as we all know, we were not born in product marketing, but we all found our true purpose reaching out into product marketing. Awesome. We have an, uh, getting all the polls in. And let's see if we have some responses in the chat. We have folks from, oh wow, we actually have a good, we actually have somebody from India. That's awesome. Hi, uh, Karthik. And then we have folks from Chicago, from SF, Atlanta, Denver, New Jersey, Sacramento, Canada. Perfect. This is fabulous. So we just completed the poll and what we are seeing right now, and I'm, I'm assuming that you are able to see, but if not, I'm going to just read the responses from the poll. We have about 77% B2B, 17% B2C, and then 22% B2B2C. And if you are thinking about the professional focus, we have about 42% product managers. We have 36% product marketers, and then 22% uh, who are in other um, areas. They're probably working their way into product marketing or product management, but that's awesome. Uh, Thank you all and thank you for participating in the poll. So what we would like to do in this scenario is not just think about um, us where we are, but also think a little bit about our audience and who we want to engage with. Um, I also see that we have folks across the world. We have folks from Netherlands, from Egypt. So welcome everybody and I know time zone wise, I think sometimes webinars are a blessing because you can join a webinar from your um, home. But at this time, I guess everybody's work from home. So thank you once again. So let's dive in. Our first and foremost topic we'll be talking about is what exactly is a buyer journey um, or an audience journey, right? Uh, it could be a customer, it could be a prospect, it could be a partner. So there are all these different journeys that you can build. And I got fascinated to learn more about the buyer journey in my early part of my product marketing career where everybody kept talking about buyer persona or user persona. And I kept scratching my head trying to figure out why, why are we so worried about what they want? Why can't we just tell what my company does and what awesome products I have? And they'll come find it was my initial reaction. And quickly I realized that's not how the world works. So let me um, put my head together and actually try to understand who the buyer is, what, what excites them, what are they interested in? And, Primarily, that was also one of the things, I, I don't know if you've noticed, but that was also one of the things that I just did in the prior slide. 
getting to know you, the customer, the audience that's here in the webinar today, because at the end of the day, my purpose is not to tell you what I know, but my purpose is to learn from each of you and actually adapt and uh, build something together. So if you think about a buyer journey or an audience journey, it all starts at that discovery phase, right? Whether it's an email that somebody sent or it's a friend sharing a recommendation of, hey, have you checked this, check out this new book or check out this new video that I came across. And then you start getting involved and you start learning about that product or service. And once you have learned about it, you're like, okay, I see I have this problem. I need to actually now try, try it out. So you do a pilot, you go through a demo, you maybe go through a POC uh, if you're more B2B, and then you buy the product. Once you've bought the product, and this is, I think, one of my learnings in product marketing was in my first half of my career, I was very focused on the discover and learn part. I was like, hey, if they know that we exist, it's golden. Like every, they'll buy us, they'll advocate for us was my notion, but I didn't actually put marketing dollars or I didn't put the investment in within the product to actually do the right-hand side, the buy and the advocate phase, right? So make sure that when you think about the buyer journey, it's not just about, hey, do they know that our website exists? Do they know that we have all this awesome content? Do they know that uh, we can actually have all these awesome features and functionalities? That's not all they need to know. They need to be your advocate so that they are the ones, and this can be a cycle, right? Like if you think about a buyer journey, you have heard about the marketing funnel, you have heard about the flywheel, think about it in any format. These are just simple words, discover, learn, try, buy, and advocate, that stuck with me. There are different variations of it. You'll hear acquisition, you'll hear words like uh, retention, you'll hear different terms, and they all mean something as simple as this. Now, um, I'm gonna actually keep it a little more interactive. Um, I'll give brownie points if anybody knows where this photo is from. And I know there are a few people from that city here in the call, so I, I hope it gives you a hint. And if you are on chat, anybody has any guesses? There we go, see, everybody knows Vishavet's Wharf. So this is, this is the true San Francisco in me. Um, and <laughs> that's the Fisherman's Wharf. So not everybody has this photo and, and you'll see that a lot of my uh, photos are photos that I love to take. And I always like to look at a different perspective or a different angle to the normal things. And you'll see Carl the Fog right behind us here in the photo. But the idea that I wanted to showcase today is What's your favorite story? And I'll turn it to Rebecca. Rebecca and I have had some awesome chats before. And every time I think about a story, my favorite story is, and it doesn't have to be a book, a video, or a movie, or it could be anything. And for me, it's the TED Talk, um, Simon Sinek's TED Talk on Start With Why. And somehow that story moved me. Somehow that story made me feel like I need to rethink how I have been operating. And so Rebecca, what's your favorite story that you would like to share with the team here? So it's actually a parable uh, that when I heard the first time, it really sort of uh, stuck with me. And it's one you all know, right? It's very simplistic. Every little kid knows it. It's the, it's the tortoise and the hare, right? And anyone who knows me is I like, I like to move really fast. 
I'm from Boston. I like to talk fast. I think everything should go really fast. Um, and there are several times in my life when, when I'm, I've, I've married someone who's a little more of a turtle, right. Or some of the other things, but the balance of those two and seeing the, the pros and cons in such a very simple story has helped me in all kinds of things, right. The long road, but knowing, um, and kind of being able to balance the the benefits of both of those so it's I always like the rabbit and the hare or the hare and the turtle and, and everybody knows the hare and the turtle right so I think another great story is the uh the good thing bad thing who knows parable right mm-hmm. when something happens trying to figure out is that a good thing a bad thing and it all depends on your perspective that's true yeah I was listening to a podcast yesterday it was talking about the power of perspective and um, was this girl in a college, she was sharing her experience of how one coffee um, can change lives uh, back in Africa. And I was like, I, I knew it, but I don't think it moved me until I saw that video. And it was one of another TED Talk. Um, I'm a TED Talk geek myself. So I guess folks are- I think there's I, a couple of people, Michael and Angela had unmuted. I don't know if either one wanted to share a quick story. Go for it. Michael, do you want to speak first? Um, let's go into the next step. So what makes a memorable story? We all love a good story. The one that hooks you in the beginning, you kind of wrapped in, and you're like, I want to see how far this is going to go. And then you get to the middle, you're like, okay, I'm going to see till how long this end goes. And then when you reach the end, that's the story that you remember forever. Now, you might be wondering why am I talking about storytelling in a buyer journey? The main premise to it is we often think about storytelling by itself that, hey, we as product marketers, as product managers, we need to be great storytellers. And then we leave the buyer journey off on another mountain. The truth is both those things need to happen together. So the first step is your start. Think about your discover and learn phase. How do you make sure it's worth their time and it's worth their time to care? Not just worth their time, worth their time to care. The second is your middle. Before you're gaining their trust, you're gaining their credibility, right? So this is where they're trying your product. They're deciding that they need to buy your product. And they're putting a lot of faith in you. Um, and you want to make sure that you're giving them the best experience that you possibly could. And at the end of the day, these are your advocates. So go find your advocates. We um, at Boomi, we're very fortunate to have an amazing customer advisory board. And every cab member, you could see how passionate they were about the product, about the service that we offered. And it wasn't just that we sold the product or service. Sometimes they would say, hey, we love Boomi just because of the people that work there. And that itself became a story in itself. And so Think about those two aspects, your story that you're trying to tell out into the world, and then what is the buyer journey look like? All right, so keep those in mind and then we'll jump into the fun part of it. And before we jump in, these are my two key principles. Um, If uh, I go into a team meeting, this is probably the first slide that I'll have up there to say, hey, product marketing, what we need to do is simplify things. And as simple as that sounds, it's not that simple. Um, Two of the quotes that resonated a lot with me, and um, I'm also a big believer of quotes, just like I I love to take photos. Um, Simplicity is the ultimate sophistication. 
if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And these are some amazing people that have said this, and I will hold this to my grave. I'm pretty sure of that. So if you listen to any sessions of mine in the future, I'm pretty sure you will see this again. So let's talk about some examples. Your website is your front door to your home. And every project that we work on, whether it's your website, your content, your email strategy, your webinar strategy, whatever it is, everybody has a goal in mind. So I'll turn it back to Rebecca and then even to folks on the call. What is your goal today when you think about your website? So you did not know this, Div, when you set up this uh, this presentation, but we actually have a brand new website coming in two weeks, uh, in under two weeks. So we have lots of goals for our new website, right? But one of those things I think is, is to um, help people recognize what we do and for us to, to easily identify what problems they are having that we can solve, right? So being able to find your path and your journey and the right resources for you quickly, whether it's, it's these kind of product chats, whether it's the articles we have, whether it's the courses we offer, how do you identify who you are very easily and how do then we support you in, in your process and journey much more um, quickly and simplistically than we feel we do with our current site. That's awesome. And well, congratulations. I'm looking forward to the new website. So I think that this is timely. Um, one of the things that I would encourage, and let's actually think about a website reimagined, right? Um, this is our opportunity. When the world changes, you have to change and adapt with it. So what are we doing to reimagine our websites today? The first and foremost is focus on your customer needs. It's easy for us to say, hey, I know what products I'm selling. I know what our customers need and put all the stuff out there on the homepage. But then at the same time, have we ever taken the time to think about why is the website structured the way it is? You always have a homepage and then you have secondary pages, your primary pages, you have a visitor coming to the website and you expect them to know what they're looking for. And I've been to websites all my life where there are websites where I get to it, I know what I'm finding. But then there are websites where I'm lost and I even forget why I even came to the website. And I'm sure there are folks on the call that have experienced it. What if we didn't have a top navigation? Yes. Or we didn't have a typical site, right? So think about those examples. Focus on your customer needs. Are you positioning your website to tell your story as a company or product, or are you focusing on what the customer needs might be? And then do you have one trusted voice across those channels? Every time we go on a website, I'm not just looking at the website with a single pane of glass. I'm looking at the website because I came from a social media channel, because I came through to the website through an ad, I came to the website through an email. There are different ways that I'm coming to the website. And those are just paths. Those are just roadways to get to my do front door. But how am I making sure that I have one trusted voice? And are we saying the same thing in all those different channels? Because at the end of the day, we might have different teams and different uh, folks working on these projects, but for the customer, it's one view. And if that view is disconnected, they're going to lose faith and trust in you very quickly. And last but not least, one thing I definitely encourage everyone to think about is measure the right metrics. 
it's easy for us to say the website visits are important. There are different metrics and you can have somebody dedicated just to look at the metrics and there will be a lot still to do. How do we make sure that we are measuring the right metrics? Are we looking at the right um, KPIs here? The second piece that we wanna talk about is content, right? You have a website, but without content, there is nothing on the website. So Rebecca, I'll turn it back to you. So when you think about content that's going on to that new website, what's your goal today? So the content today is meant to, um again, address problems and needs we do as a training company. There's a lot of how do I do a roadmap? How do I create a buyer journey type questions that we can address for them as we showcase sort of our authority and credibility in the space. I think that's really how we try to use the content, hopefully effectively. Awesome. And, and we all know, right, content is king. But then every time we talk about content, how do you reimagine content? Um, how do you make sure that we're not just opening the floodgates and saying, go fish, here's a pool, uh, or here's an ocean for you to fish in. How do we make sure that we are giving the right content at the right time when they need it? So that's all about prioritizing every asset. When you think about that buyer journey, it's that spectrum, right? From discover to learn, to try, buy, and all the way to advocate. What content am I providing to them at each of those phases? And how am I telling one cohesive story? How am I tying the thread between those things? And then also, how do I resonate with the buyer? And then last but not least, and I, I never did this, I would love to do this someday, is clean your resources every spring. We are all good at adding new content, but the only time our website gets a refresh is when you're getting a new website rebranding done or you have a company rebranding done. But do we have a method, met, sorry, methodical way to make sure that every spring, just like we clean our home, are we cleaning um, our assets, our resources? Are we making sure that the right content is on the website and the stuff that shouldn't exist should disappear at some point? Um, that would be a cool feature if some company is building asset management is, can you make sure that an asset lives for X period of time. Maybe it has a year long length of time. Maybe it has six months because that's only how long that content is going to be worthwhile. And then let's talk about email. We all know that at this point, we have all taken email for granted. We have email on our phones. We have email um, uh, sitting in our, on our laptops every day. And oftentimes what happens to me is I'll sign up on a website and I'm like, I just signed up on the website because I was looking for X thing. But then I get bombarded with all these emails. And then I get to a point where I'm like, I guess my only option is to unsubscribe and report spam. That doesn't help the buyer. That doesn't help the company or the business that's working on the other end. Because they don't know why I unsubscribe. They didn't, they, of course, they do ask you questions. Is it too many emails? I was like, yes, isn't it obvious? Um, but those are things that I don't think we are mindful enough. And so uh, this uh, photo is actually of, um, I want to say somewhere in South America, I'm blanking out on the place, but the idea being that let's be mindful. Let's make sure that if we are reimagining email, we are taking the opportunity to connect with our customers and prospects. We are not just spamming them. We are actually nurturing them. We need to rethink um, how 
to take care of the inbox. I'm, there are days where I would literally spend going through my inbox. I always dread a vacation because I know when I come back from vacation, my inbox is going to be flooded. And that's not a vacation reliever for me because I sometimes feel I need a vacation after the vacation. So be mindful of the inbox. Just give them stuff that they need when they need it, not just put it in the inbox because you can. Think about your uh, physical mailbox. How would you like 100 mails to show up every week when you go or every day when you go into your mailbox? You wouldn't like it. You're not going to triage it. You're going to trash everything anyways. So think about it in the same way. And then last is automate for true value. I know we have all these grand plans for nurturing and we are like, we know exactly what that customer needs at those different points. But then it's not one individual or a group of people. Everyone's unique. Everyone has different needs. So maybe take the time to ask them, what do you want to see because you signed up on the website? So you're giving them the right stuff and not expecting them to unsubscribe at the very end. And then the last piece that I wanna talk about is the webinar. And today, I think we are all experimenting in some way, trying to make sure a webinar is not the way webinars are uh, or trying to reimagine a webinar itself. So Rebecca, I'll turn it back to you. What's your goal today for the webinar? So uh, this is an area we've spent a lot of time, particularly since COVID uh, started to, mm -hmm. to kind of reimagine it, right? To go, we've always had a very successful webinar program, we regularly get 1,000, 3,000 registrants, and it, it, and it was quite successful, but we really wanted to reimagine it as a more interactive piece. It's why we label this series the product chat, right? Mm -hmm. It's about more casual. We've had workshops in this sessions. We've had client talks in this session, and, and we've, we've done that, and we've also added sort of the office hours, ask me anything on Friday. Again, because it wasn't about one big event, but it was about having regular ongoing conversations with the audience and also helping people find the specific conversation that mattered to them. So we could do a more buyer journey specific topic or or we've done them on, on really specific subscription pricing because we can, you know, if that's not the conversation that interests you, that's okay. We've got other ones coming up that will. So that's, that's really how we've tried to pivot our approach to these live events. Awesome. And I love the answer because that's, I think, one of the ways we should be thinking about these. And um, I'm not saying that we are not doing any of these things. We are in our own way trying to adjust and trying to change our priorities and the goals that we have as an organization. So at the same time, when we think about webinars, a webinar reimagined is not a PowerPoint sprint, right? I've, I've been on webinars where Folks will be like, hey, I have a hundred slides and I'm gonna power through those hundred slides and whether you catch them or not, it's on you. Um, I've had folks where it's talking to the audience um, and not really engaging with the audience. And sometimes that's good if I'm just listening to it like a podcast, but in a webinar, I would like some sort of interaction or some sort of engagement. So I hope and I would like all of you to be honest and give us feedback as we went through the webinar today where what could we do differently, right? We wanted to engage with the audience. That's one of the reasons why we chose a Zoom meeting. We limited um, how many folks we could have had thousand people, but we would rather have a smaller group of folks. And we had about, we today have about a hundred and I'm surprised we have that many people actually. But we also wanna make sure that we are providing that um, interaction, if you will. So at the same time, 
it's measuring your quality versus quantity. Are we looking at the right metrics? Are we looking at the number of people that show up or is it how many people did we actually engage with in that interaction? So those are a few things to consider, right? Like when we think about webinars, are we looking at interactive? Are we looking at ways to make it, make it more um, a conversation as compared to, let me just go through my PowerPoint slides. And so visually it was important for me as well to make sure that was the uh, message that is conveyed here. And so take this a bit further, right? We started the presentation today talking about the webinars, talking about um, websites, your content, your email, but you can take that same analogy for any buyer journey across any form of communication, whether say you have a presentation next week to your executive team or to um, a partner or to another customer, you have a podcast, there are text messages that you're sending, there are Slack messages, there are social media channels. What's the right time and right place in that buyer journey? When do, you, do we really take the time to pause and say, is the person on the receiving end ready to receive my information? And I, I'm, I'm mindful of this more so that I've moved to the East Coast when, as compared to when I was in the West Coast. When I wake up at my 9 a.m., I know folks in the West Coast are probably just getting up and they're getting ready for their day. But I always have this habit of, hey, I have something to say. I'm gonna just send them a text message. But then now I've realized I can schedule a text message. So I'll take, I'll put my message out there, but I'll schedule it at a time that's appropriate for them right? Um, how are we doing that across other mediums, right? Slack, all of these instant communication tools have asked us the need for, hey, I need, if I ask you a question, I'm expecting you to respond in the next 30 minutes. And that can be daunting sometimes. Sometimes based on individual preferences, like I am an introvert, I would rather take the time to think through my response and respond to you next day as compared to me responding to you right away. There are ways we interact with. So how do we make sure we have that same engagement throughout the throughout different mediums? And think about that buyer journey in the same spectrum. When do we provide what kind of information and how are we interacting with them? Everybody has a different form of communication. There might be people that prefer blogs. There might be people that prefer a podcast. So how are you catering to those? And I know um, Rebecca and the Pragmatic team have been making sure that you're having different ways to consume that information, irrespective of what medium you want that to be in. Rebecca, anything you would like to add here? No, I think it's really important. And uh, we can, we'll send out an, an email afterwards too. We've got tools that let you sort of um, document your buyer journey and then which assets you have at each step and for which each persona. And it's just a really good way to visualize. Uh, and I think when we do this periodically, we're always surprised at where the holes are or maybe where we've gotten to just like a spot where we're really, we talk a lot to this particular persona, but less to this one. So if you can, whether you use our tool and templates or whether you just, you know, like a big old whiteboard or poster board and just here's the steps, here's my personas. What tool do I think is primarily for that one? right? And it really helps you visualize where you've got those holes. And it also helps you go, okay, if I think the podcast is here, mm -hmm. or, or for this persona, then I can tighten up my stories in there, I can tighten up what I'm delivering in there, because I've got a clearer point of view of who it's for and what I'm hoping it accomplishes. That is very true. And I think 
when we think about webinars um, or any form of communication, sometimes knowing the right time and right place is important. So as we wrap up, um, one of the things that I do want to convey is um, another quote that I came across. You can't go back and change the beginning, but you can start where you are and change the ending. And I thought that was very powerful and timely for this webinar because there are things that are in motion. There are things that we are doing for our means of communication, whether it's um, how we interact with our customers, whether it's trying to even understand a buyer journey mapping. We have gone through exercises of building bio personas, trying to make sure that we are taking the time to understand who our true customers are and actually interacting with them at the right time and place. I would also just add to that, as I think it's important as you can always start, is that you don't have to boil it all at once, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. And you sit there and you think, oh, it would take forever to get all of this right. Well, just start with one spot, one persona, one tool, work on that, move forward, because it's the progress that matters. You can be the, the tortoise. You don't have to be the hare, but you just <laughs> need to start. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's important, right? Um, I, think, um, I think Dalai Lama said that the hardest step is the first step. Once you take that first step, then everything else follows in place. So um, I know we are wrapping up the webinar, but I do want to take the time to thank everyone. Thank you, Rebecca and Sarah um, and the Pragmatic team for um, arranging this and making sure that we have um, an interactive audience. And I thoroughly appreciate every conversation that we had on the chat. But we do have a few more minutes. So if folks have any more questions that you would like to ask or um, anything, if you would like to connect with me, feel free to connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I've also shared my email. I do write on leadership as well as product marketing. Um, I have a Medium post as well as a Forbes um, contributor. And then if you are interested or curious where these photos are, or if you would like to use any of these photos, um, I've also shared my, the, just created a website with all the photos that I find interesting that I would like to share with the world. So feel free to use them. There are no copyrights or anything. I believe sharing is caring. So thank you all. And if you have any other questions, feel free to add them on the chat or you can unmute yourself and ask, ask away. All right. We really thank everyone for coming. Uh, please come again. Uh, please check out the website now and in two weeks uh, where we'll have some more information. We'd love to see you at another event or training online soon. Thank Bye. you, Dave. Thanks, everyone.